Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Gina is an addict. And it's no small matter. Opioids almost killed her before she was able to get sober. She describes herself as an active addict from age 13 to 33. Yeah, 20 years. And when her addiction was raging, she had dropped down to 70 pounds. My family began preparing for my funeral, she said. I told my mom I was going to die from this disease, that it was my destiny. But Gina found the strength to ask for help. She had been to rehab 11 times before, but as she walked into the crisis center once again, she said, I don't have a home. I haven't had a home in four years. I'm dying and I need help. Now in the recovery field professionally, Gina acknowledges that she will always be an addict and she will always need ongoing help to manage her addiction. Addiction is the only disease that convinces you that you don't have a disease, she says. It's cunning, it's baffling, and it's powerful. Maybe you've struggled with addiction in your own life or seen someone who you care about struggle with it. Maybe you might thank God, I've never had an addiction to deal with. But Jesus makes one thing clear in today's gospel reading. And that is, we are all addicts. Not necessarily to drugs, alcohol, or food, or things like that, but to something called sin. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, whoever practices sin is a slave to sin. Practice sin this week. Loved God first in all things. Loved your neighbor as yourself. Hated someone in your heart. Had impure thoughts. And not just once, but over and over and over and over again. You practice sin, and I do too. We are slaves to it. We have a sin addiction. Something that flows from our total corruption after the fall into sin. And sin is serious business. It creates separation. It destroys relationships. It causes shame. It results in physical and spiritual death. And it's easy to live in denial of this fact. The Jews who had believed in Jesus had this problem. But Jesus poses a solution. He pours out his powerful word. He proclaims to them. He proclaims to them to show them their sin, to call them to sorrow over that sin, and to realize that sin leads to destructive paths. And it's a dark master. Christ's powerful word calls them and us away from that dark master and into the light and life of our Lord. But like any addict, 
like any addict, when someone attempts an intervention, outside care and concern, that can be met with resentment, hostility, hatred even. I don't have a problem, our old Adam says. But our old Adam is a liar. And our old Adam is an enabler. Our old Adam has us convinced that freedom is to do, to say what we want, to do what we want, when we want, how we want. The irony of it all is, much of the time we find freedom in the very things that control us. Can't control your temper? It's okay, your old Adam will lie and say, hey, you're only empowering yourself. By openly defying or mocking that demanding teacher or that demanding boss. You are enabling yourself. Want to appear noble? Your old Adam openly steals from that greedy corporation that makes billions and billions of dollars. And you share things and take things, right? You share your password with 20 of your friends. That greedy corporation doesn't need any of my money, right? I'll go to a pirating website. I'll do whatever I need, right? Noble. Your old Adam is only being practical. When you decide to live with someone before you marry them, against God's law, oh yes, we're slaves to sin. And we ignore or even resent the word of the Lord when he points it out. And that's why we need Jesus. You need Jesus and I need Jesus each and every day. Before our text for today, right before it, Jesus plainly proclaims, and this begins in verse 24, to the Jews who had believed in him, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to Jesus, who are you? And Jesus goes on to explain that he has come from the Heavenly Father to give them the Heavenly Father's word. And because of that, his judgments will always be true. His ways will always be just. I have much to say about you and much to judge, Jesus says, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. But they did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. The question is, do you? Do you really take God's word to heart? Do you recognize when God is speaking to you and attempting to intervene on your behalf? Do you receive Christ's words as God's word, seeking to free you from sin? Do you receive Christ's word as God's words that breaks sin's hold and mastery on your heart and on your will? Or do you still tell yourself one more time? It's not going to hurt anybody. Nobody will know. It's okay. I'm in control. That sounds like addicts speak to me. It sounds like someone living in denial of the seriousness of a deadly addiction. Jesus has much to judge and Jesus has much to show. 
Through his son, the father demonstrated the seriousness of our sin and its consequences. He put it on display for all to see. But in his loving kindness, the father places the sentence and shame and separation from sin, not on us, but on Jesus, very publicly. The one without any sin. This is your loving Lord who by his agonizing death and glorious resurrection freed you from the sentence and shame and separation of sin. And right before today's text, Jesus speaks of what will happen to him as he stands in the stead of sinners. Sounds glorious, right? But it is not a theology of glory. It is a theology of the cross. Here's what he says. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. And this powerful word does what the powerful word does. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. But they just couldn't take it when he said to abide in his word. They would lift Jesus up, all right, on the cross. But that wouldn't be the end. He would be lifted up out of the tomb and take his seat and lift it up in full power and glory. We must remember that the father sent Jesus to die for sinners like you and me. He sent Jesus to pay the price for your rebellion, to suffer for your stubbornness, to atone for your addiction to sin, to cleanse you and free you from a disease that convinces you that you don't have a disease. It's cunning. It's baffling. And it's powerful. Again, in today's text, Jesus said to those who had believed him, right? The word started to work. If you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. <clears throat> we don't have a problem. What do you mean? We're offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say that we will become free? Even those who began to believe in Jesus according to his word did not want to remain in his word. What about you? Do you say things like, I know I'm forgiven. I know God loves me. I don't need to remain in God's word to tell me that. After all, Jesus forgives me, so I don't have to follow God's will or his ways. Oh, man. When we take this attitude, we readily reject the freedom our Lord's word truly gives us. To what? To return right back to our dark master, our ever-present addiction to sin, and the illusion of freedom. So what's the solution? Well, like Gina, we must recognize our addiction, and that on this side of heaven, we always will be addicts. We always will want to heed the call of our dark master who beckons us, draws us, and appeals to our old Adam to live in slavery and misery. But the Son has given you his word to free you 
His word is the power of salvation for all who believe. His word leads you and guides you and shatters sin's claim on you. It's not always easy. I'll give you that. God's word does lead you to see the seriousness of your condition. It does lead you to a point where you say to God, I'm dying. And I need you to help me. The thing is, is we find help not in our own powers of recovery, in your determination to get out of your addiction, but rather in the ongoing care and love and power and presence of Christ through God's word. If you remain in my word, Jesus says, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And what is that truth? I said again, it's not easy. We daily sin much. Our sin is very great. It is no small matter. And I'm not going to say but, because then everything that comes before seems inconsequential. What is the truth? We daily sin much and our sin is very great. It is no small matter. Not but, but and. And. We have an even greater Savior. As he speaks to those from today's text, he says this, and we do well to open our ears to what he says. You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. The slave does not remain in the house forever, right? We heard that later on. Only the son remains forever. The slave does not remain in the house forever. Only the son. This son, this savior, seeks to make you his own. He died for you, comes to you, dwells with you by the faith that he himself has granted a Savior who alone works so that you might receive Him as your Lord and your God and your Master. Don't need Jesus and His Word anymore? Ridiculous. We need to stop listening to our old Adam and listen to Christ. If you remain in my Word, Jesus says, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. And may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.